hello, my awesome friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day today, and be sure to check out the product of the week. Y'all voted, and it won the Vitamin C caps with antioxidants. I talked to you guys about these yesterday. Very, very effective product. One of the main staple products we actually used uh, during the whole uh, COVID pandemic, I guess you could say, that kept a lot of people healthy as the virus is bouncing around, loaded with different types of bioflavonoids and antioxidants, including quercetin. So be sure to check it out. It's going to be on sale today as product of the week since y'all voted for it at healthmasters.com. And one thing that I saw earlier this morning and I thought that was interesting is, you know, yesterday I covered a story about Walmart shutting down its last final Walmarts in Portland, Oregon. Well, now there's a report saying that Amazon is announcing it will close several of its stores in high crime cities like New York, Seattle, San Francisco uh, they're shutting eight of them down. And they said, of course, same thing Walmart said, it's related to cost cutting. Well, I'm sure it is. When people steal everything and don't pay for it, it's difficult to make a profit in your business. But this is, again, the policies that we've seen year after year now where individuals who are involved in sometimes severe crimes are released on zero bail or virtually no bail. And this is one of the things that we've had from the side effects ever since you know we have been watching this almost, again, Bolshevik revolution start to occur where individuals can pretty much, if they're following the leftist narrative with Antifa or BLM terrorists, they're allowed to do whatever they want to do, and most of them are released without most cases ever being charged, or they get charged a few hours of community service. Point saying, remember yesterday I told you about the Southern Poverty Law Firm, uh, Thomas Webb Jurgens, Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, Thomas Webb Jurgens, the attorney who was involved with another 23 individuals who are arrested for domestic terrorism for throwing improvised explosive devices, firebombs, fireworks, Molotov cocktails, bricks, and rocks at law enforcement at a new training facility. He was arrested along with 23 other individuals for domestic terrorism. He got released on a $5,000 bond on Tuesday. Five grand. That was it. Had to come up with five grand, released. Come back to court in a month. Um, I don't really know what to say about that, considering the fact that you have individuals that are still currently to this day, while I'm saying this right now, locked up in areas that I can't even find in D.C. for simple charges is trespassing on Capitol grounds. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And the videos that we all have now seen over the last two days that have been on Fox and all over the mainstream media and also alternative media depicting a very, very different story of what the January 6th clown investigations have continued to tell us, uh, pretty much are showing everyone that everything we're told is a continual lie every single day when it comes to the mainstream media and from the federal government. And it's interesting because, you know, I saw multiple reports that were popping up and Schumer and all these guys were coming out saying, I cannot believe these videos have gotten released. Nobody needs to see these videos. They're downright lies. Well, again, this is more gaslighting and more invasion of people's ability to speak freely and see things freely that are going on. And again, they're doing this narrative back and forth where they're releasing this information. They're getting people riled up. Then they're directly gaslighting and telling the American population, you don't need to watch these videos. It's all lies. What you're seeing is a lie. The surveillance video is a lie. Nothing you're seeing is a lie. Only believe what we tell you. 
Remember, this goes back to exactly what Joseph Goebbels used to do. If you can make the lie big enough, if you can tell the lie long enough, and you can continue to convince enough people, you will eventually get every single person to believe the lie. And this is what the mainstream media has done very effectively in collusion with the FBI and social media platforms, because essentially you have to convince the American populace that they have to be terrified about everything they're told to be terrified about. Steve and I had a conversation yesterday in uh, the office here, and we were talking about – COVID, and we were talking about the entire fear-mongering and the numbers with the flu and the numbers with the, the cases. And I said the only reason, the only reason that they were able to scare so many people into submission and shutting down their businesses and walking around with masks everywhere they went and continuing to get the shot, I said was fear. And most of the fear was based on the cases with the faulty PCR test. I said they had to continually terrify everyone every single day. And remember, I brought this up on the show. Every single day, every single media outlet, there'd be a big box on the side of the screen and be a big data box. And they'd have arrows going up and green and arrows going down and arrows going sideways and graph charts going up and all these vertical spikes. We've had 55,000 cases today in this tiny little town. There's only 5,000 residents in the town, but there's 55,000 cases. Everybody's kind of looking around. They're going, well, these numbers don't even add up. None of, none of, none of this even makes sense. But the majority of the people were too terrified to actually ask questions. That was one of the main reasons why I told you that they continually tried to force the mask. The mask was to, was to reiterate and reassure the fact that there was a virus allegedly floating around that was going to wipe out the whole population. So you had to continually be reminded of the virus by people wearing masks. That's why I said before it was ironic when people stopped wearing masks down here in Florida. The vast majority of them did. Suddenly – you didn't hear anything about it because people stopped going to get tested. People that got sick took their supplements and did what they needed to do. And the problem is the people that went to the hospital, most of them died because of the standard care that they were given. I talked about this in detail yesterday. And I remember I told somebody uh, in, in 2021 when they brought the Super Bowl here and when um, you had uh, Tom Brady come down and they were asking me, I can't believe they're having the Super Bowl in Florida. And I said, well, here's the million-dollar answer that you're about to get. I said, you're about to have 55,000 people pack into a stadium shoulder to shoulder. They're going to be screaming over one another. They're going to be standing. They're going to be yelling. They're going to be hollering. They're going to be spitting everywhere. A lot of them are going to be drinking. They're going to be acting belligerent. You're going to have 55,000 people in Tampa, the Super Bowl, all over each other. And I said – if you do not see a massive spike in cases with people dying all over the hospitals and all over the streets because of COVID, allegedly, within the next few weeks after the Super Bowl, it should be a clear-cut indication that every single thing you're being told was a lie. And sure enough, the Super Bowl came, the Super Bowl went, cases didn't go up, nothing changed, and all of a sudden everybody kind of went, oh, well, what do we do now? You live freely, unmolested on your way. This is why the government is continually trying to lie to you about every single thing. This is why they also want to invade your privacy every way they can. So I've told you to stay away from the smart systems, the smart TVs, the smart 
refrigerators. If you need to, put your phone in a different area. If you're having a private conversation, I've said that repeatedly. And also, too, the next one I want to bring up, because I had somebody actually email me about this a couple weeks ago, and I kind of gave them a short response on it. But then the Burning Platform put out an article on it that came out last night, and I want to address this very quickly because this is something that's happened, and it's happening a lot. I know multiple people who have gotten this, and it's the American Community Survey. It's sent to about three and a half to four million people every single year. And it's the byproduct of what the government believes they have a right to demand you tell them every single thing about you. It's a far cry from a traditional census, and I'll tell you why, in my opinion, and numerous other law firms have said this whole entire thing is illegal because a census is based on simply population of the country, has nothing to do with these questions, and it's limited to attaining the number of persons living in a dwelling and so forth. This is not that. This ACS is 28 pages with an additional 16-page instruction packet. These questions concern matters that the government simply has no business knowing, including home utility, fertility, marital status, work commute, mortgage, health insurance, mental emotional problems, bedrooms, bathrooms in your house, fuel you use to heat your home, cost of electricity, how many days you were sick last week, how many automobiles you own, how many miles you drive each week, do you have a problem getting upstairs, what time do you leave for work every morning, highly detailed inquiries about your financial affairs, it demands and you also violate the privacy of others by giving names and addresses of all your friends, relatives, employers, people in your home, all their educational levels, how many years of school they went, languages they speak, the last jobs they work. And I mean, this goes on and on and on for over 20 pages, right? 28 pages, this thing is, of all these invasive questions. And individuals receive the ACS. It says you must complete this or you'll be, you'll be fined. We're going to fine you $100 every question you don't answer. It can be up to $50,000 if you don't comply with this ACS survey. Well, the one thing about this is the Ruford Institute has already stated in numerous cases this is a gross violation of your constitutional rights. They receive hundreds of inquiries from individuals who have received the ACS and don't want to share their private information. And they've done Q&As about this, and this is the Ruford Institute right here. One of the questions on their website says, how will this information be used from this ACS survey? It says, well, the Census Bureau states the information from the survey is you to assist a, high, a wide variety of entities from federal, state, local governments, private corporations, nonprofit organizations, researchers, and advocacy groups. They list 35 different categories of questions on its websites and offers an explanation how the information is used. Twelve of those categories is used to assist private corporations. <laughs> They're selling it to private corps to sell you, market you, lie to you, manipulate you, and propagandize you through their own tools. Another 22 of them says the information is used advocacy groups. Nine of those cases, the Census Bureau states the response will be used by advocacy groups to advocate for policies that can benefit these groups. Complete and total lie. They go on to say here, one of the questions, it says, am I required by law to fully complete the survey? It says, well, the Census Bureau mandates that responding to this ACS is mandatory, and the recipients are legally obligated to answer all questions. Then the next question from the uh, institute says, has the government prosecuted persons for refusing to answer the American Community Survey? It says, while the Ruford Institute has been made aware of the Census Bureau's agents engaging in harassing tactics, threatening behavior to date, there is not one single case of the Census Bureau having levied any financial penalty for noncompliance with the ACS. It says, how does the Census Bureau ensure that people complete the survey? Those who do not answer the survey risk repeated overtures by mail, by phone, in person, and Census Bureau employees actually try to gain a response in person. The Census Bureau 
boast a 97% response rate to the method. But critics argue this is direct harassment of violation of the rights. One recipient who did complete the survey and answers were misplaced, allegedly. The Census Bureau first left a note at his apartment asking him to contact her. When he did, the employee asked to allow her into his home. When he refused, the employee turned up twice at his home unannounced at his apartment demanding entry and warned of fines if he did not cooperate. He refused to do so and told that they could leave and speak to his attorney. After he filed a complaint with the Census Bureau, the agency realized that they were no longer going to contact him anymore, and it was dropped. Is this an unconstitutional invasion of your privacy? What the question is here? There's a significant legitimate questions concerning the authority of the government to require under threat of prosecution the penalty that persons answer questions posed by the ACS. The ACS is not part of the enumeration required by Article One of the Constitution. The Constitution provision only applies to census for persons of counting the number of people in state. As noted, the ACS seeks to seek much more information than the number of persons of the household violating their rights of those individuals. So clearly right there, it says in other contexts, U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that citizens have no obligation to answer questions posed by the government and are free to refuse to do so. The same principle can apply to questions opposed by ACS agents. Now, it says – go on here. If you're contacted by these employees, either by telephone in person, demand that you do not have to answer any questions, that your attorney needs to be present for any type of questioning or investigation. If they continue, you need to contact them and say that you're being harassed and that your law enforcement and also your attorneys are going to be contacting them if any more harassment is present. Now, again, this is what the Ruford Institute is saying. I'm not giving you any type of legal advice whatsoever. I'm reading here the Q&A from the Ruford Institute, what they recommend you do if you're harassed and contacted by this massive unconstitutional invasion of your rights via the ACS. But I wanted to bring this up because apparently this is becoming more prevalent. These surveys are starting to go out more often, and more and more people are starting to have them show up at their door, and then they're being demanded by these ACS employees that they are legally obligated to fill these out. And as the Ruford Institute stated, you are not legally obligated to answer questions other than a census survey asking how many persons are in your house. According to the Ruford Institute, again, I'm not giving you legal advice. What I am telling you is they directly tell you right here that they're selling this information to private institutions. They are collecting this data. Why in the world do you possibly think the government would want to know how many miles a week you drive or how many people live in your house or what their background of education is? Let me give you a very clear-cut indication on this. I've been involved in marketing. I have an MBA, Master's in Business Administration, my master's program. I did that at Southeastern University. What they have done now over the years, and this is why I recommend that nobody fill out any survey, even from a private company. I never fill out surveys unless it's something very basic and benign to basically talk about how bad a service was with something that was not that I do not wish to engage in anymore. Other than that, I never fill out any direct surveys that are asking me questions. What they do is they data log it, they reference it, and they do a psychological profile on you. They then put that information and they sell it and they sell it and they sell it. And your information again is completely gathered into this giant internet of things that they build on and it goes into more information on top of your whereabouts on your phone, your tracking, your phone calls, your text messages, your internet, everything you do, it goes into this database. These surveys, these invasive questionnaires that are legal in my opinion and the Ruthert Institute's opinion, they are designed to do just that, is gather information and use it against you when they need to use it. Because remember, they're not gathering this information on this 28-page survey because they're going to give you a discount on your property taxes. 
or they're going to give you a refund check back. They're not giving you anything back for it. They're demanding you provide this information or we're fining you. That is illegal under the Constitution. You cannot coerce somebody to give you information, a private personal information about yourself, or you're going to find them. This is why they're doing it. This is why they're getting more aggressive. They want to have a database log on every single living, breathing human being in the United States so they can then use it against them when the time comes. This is something, again, you make your own decision on. I don't answer surveys. Nobody gets my personal information. Nobody needs to go into privacy of my home. The U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights has made that very, very clear. Excuse me. But I want to address that because I've already had multiple people that have sent me questions on this. And then I saw this article on here from the Bernie Platform and the Ruford Institute, and I wanted to address it this morning, Dad. What do you think about this specific topic? Uh, well, I had the same thing happen to me years ago on the last census, and they sent me this, this ACS survey, and I was, I was shocked. I started going through the questions, and I'm like, I'm not going to answer this. I don't have to do this. And so I just did the garbage. Well, that wasn't enough. They had to come to my door. They had to come to my back gate. They had to hang on the they had to beat on the door. They had to leave things hanging on my doorknobs. I mean, it was unbelievable what they did. And finally, I called them up, and they left me a phone number. The girl finally left me her card. I said, um, I'm not doing this. And she was, well, we're going to fine you $100. I said, send me the bill. <laughs> I said, if my privacy is worth $100 to me, go ahead and send me the bill. And then you see if you can collect it in court. Good luck with all that. And I said, here's my attorney's phone number. And so I gave my attorney the phone number, and he called her up, and that was the end of it. But the reality is that nobody has the right to that information. That's really personal stuff. And Austin's right. You don't need to be filling out surveys, period. Uh, you know, like a lot of these new car surveys, they don't make a bit of difference on what the car does. It doesn't make any difference on what the seats do. It doesn't make any difference about what the options are. The manufacturer doesn't care. Most of the time, they're a third-party survey, and they're trying to do exactly what Austin said. They're trying to establish a psychological profile on you, how to sell you another car and how to sell you other options and other types of things that you're going to want on the car. That's all it does. You know, I've, I've complained for years about a certain make of car. It's a sports car that's got unbelievably horrible seats in it. <laughs> no one's changed the seats. They're still just as bad as they've always been. They don't care about that. They want to know if you finance the car, if you lease the car, if you paid cash for the car, if you, uh, you, if you, if you own the car outright. How many cars have you owned? And, and this ACS survey is the same thing. How many people live in your household? What are their incomes? What are their educations? What are this? None of their business. It's, you got to tell how many people live there. That's it. That's the survey. That's the that's census. But that wasn't enough for these people. They harassed me. I mean, it was unbelievable. Hanging notes on my gate, hanging notes on my front door. They, 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 they'd wait until the gate got opened by you know, one of the neighbors, and then sneak in through the gate, and then hang it on my front door, leaving me nasty messages. So Austin's right. Just ignore it. Just tell them no. Just tell them to contact your attorney. Just tell them to leave you alone, not harass you, that you're not required by the law or the Constitution to answer these questions because all it's going to do is go into a database. Remember, I told you I had a friend of mine from Switzerland a few weeks ago was here, and he pulled a database up, and he went into a simple little research paper on one person that he wanted to find out is about their background. And it gave him the background of that person, all of his affiliates, all of the affiliates' affiliates, all the affiliates' affiliates, and all their businesses all the way across and what the businesses were engaged in in like 30 seconds. That's what this is. It's all part of that Chinese data credit score is what it is. It's to basically data log you to make sure that they know what you're doing all the time to track you with the Internet of Things to track you with your slave tracker iPhone, to track you with cameras that are everywhere now so you can maintain constant whereabouts of you and know exactly what you say and what you do. That's what it is. So we can either do one thing. We can hide. We can do that. Or we can pretend like they don't know where we are, which they do know where we are. And we can, Or we can just proclaim it from the rooftops that you're a son of the Most High God, that you're a daughter of the Most High God, and that you stand with freedom and you stand with what the rights are that have been given to you by God Almighty, and yet you're not going to be – 
you know, censored like this, and you're not going to be told what to do. I had another friend of mine. He got somebody dropped some one of his ex-employees who he had a restraining order on. I filed a dropped a dime on him for the Department of Family Services. It was just complete lies. The guy had never done anything to his kids ever. Just because the guy wanted to have him harassed because he had had a restraining order placed on him, and the guy from the Department of Family Services shows up with like the same thing, like hundreds of sheets of paper to sign, including the last five years' tax returns, and on and on and on and on and on. And my friend is wealthy, and he didn't have to worry about you know, supporting the kids. It didn't make any difference. This guy wanted all the information. So my friend just picked up the telephone, called his attorney, and said, hey, handle this. And the attorney said, get out of my house. Get, get, out, get out of the man's house. And, and, and what happened is when he did that and he told me get out of the house, they basically realized very quickly that you know this wasn't going to change. It wasn't going to make any difference. The attorney basically said, you know, you have to leave now, and the guy jumped up and ran out. And that, that case was basically dropped. But the point is this. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to do anything. Just tell them that you need your attorney present, and your attorney's going to handle it all for you. And that's what I did when the ACF thing contacted me. I said, I'm done. I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore. Send me the send me the bill. Even when I told them to send me the bill, it wasn't enough. They still harassed me. Until not until I got the attorney involved. The attorney called them. This is how we've been basically, how should I say, badgered in a submission in the United States all over the world. I mean, Germany, they're scared to use certain words. And remember what remember what William Casey said. Never forget this. He said, "We'll know." This is back in 1981. He said this. You know, almost this is over 40 years ago. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. William J. Casey, CIA director. And you think, okay, well, wow, that's over 40 years ago. And so what they do? Remember what they did with COVID? I, I did this to you guys years ago. I said, put in any number and put, you know, 55,000 COVID new cases in the history global record. You can still do that, by the way. I just did it. Here's one. I put in 55,000. It says 55,000 COVID-19 cases in a single day. Hits new global record. And just for fun, I put in, you know, let's do another one. Let's put in 37,000. I put it in 37,000 new cases of COVID. It pops up. L.A. County reports record 37,000 coronavirus cases, but says Super Bowl is still on because, you know, these, these ads are coming up from a couple of years ago now. Here's another one from The Guardian. I put in 22,000 new COVID cases. It pops up. New York reports 22,000 new COVID cases. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever number you put in, and it was even more extreme back then, you could have put in 22,321 and they'll tell you the exact one. Now, here, here's another one. New York Times. I put in 99,000 new cases of COVID. Here it is. New York Times, COVID, U.S. breaks daily record with over 99,000 new cases. The surge quickens. I mean, any number you put in, it would pop up. Uh, you know, and this is the thing that we need to understand. It's the, it's the amount of lies that we get from the government. You know, just the other, you know, the other day, I was, I was reading one of Paul Craig Roberts' articles, and he, he asked a simple question. He says, where is the Russian army? And, and, you know, and he says, why is it not in Ukraine if it's supposed to be there? He says, there's like one division over there. And he said, they're not there. And, and, you know, and so you have to ask yourself a question. What is the obfuscation going on, you know, with this whole thing with, with Ukraine? You know, where is the Russian army? I mean, why is it not in Ukraine, the full army of Russia? And here's what he says. One year into the Ukrainian conflict, the Wagner Group, a private Russian army, army a private Russian military group, and the Donbass militias remain as the only Russians committed to the conflict. Where is the Russian army? But yet we hear, you know, Billions of dollars now being spent, you know, in Ukraine on armament, wars going on, fighting going on, shelling going on, people dying everywhere going on. Where's the Russian army? This Paul Craig Roberts is asking. You know, I'm asking the same question. And then, then you get people like, you know, Schumer, who basically is a dual Israeli citizen. He says to Fox News, tell Carson, you know, not to run a second segment on January the 6th video footage. Austin mentioned this earlier, you know, because he's saying it's all lies. 
Well, how can it be lies? How can it be lies if it's videotapes of people, people being escorted by the police, the Capitol Police, to the Capitol building, not showing any kind of damage or showing any kind of problems associated with these people? How can it be a lie if you're watching the videotape of it? That, that's the question I ask. And because all of these people are continuing to cause division, that's what all of this stuff. And, and when we understand finally who these people are and we start to realize who they are, we understand the motive behind all this. Look at this right now in Atlanta. They had another quote-unquote, terrorist attack in Atlanta. And now a Southern Poverty Law Center lawyer has been arrested and charged with domestic terrorism amid Atlanta cop city attack. Juergens is one of only two Georgians arrested on Sunday. A lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center was arrested and charged with domestic terrorism over the violence that broke out in Atlanta on Sunday night in relation to protests of a planned training facility for police officers in the city. The Southern Poverty Law Center has confirmed. An employee of the SPLC was arrested while acting and identifying as a legal observer on behalf of the National Lawyers Guild. The employee is an experienced legal observer, and their arrest is not evidence of any crime, but of a heavy-handed law enforcement and intervention against protesters. Thomas Webb Jurgens was amount among the 22, 23 suspected domestic terrorists released by the Atlantic Police Department on Monday. Violence broke out in Atlanta on Sunday after protesters of a planned police training facility hurled bricks and Molotov cocktails at officers and set cars on fire. I mean, what did he think was going to happen if he's part of that? He's not going to be arrested. He's watching it. I mean, are you kidding me? And, and we need to understand that stuff like this needs to be stopped. You know, we, we don't need to be blowing things up with Molotov cocktails. Ron DeSantis has staged another coup to Biden. And we covered this yesterday. He has actually writes to Biden, and he is demanding that the unvaccinated Novak Dovojic be led into the U.S. for the Miami Open for tennis and slams the unscientific vaccine requirements for foreign travelers. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong that DeSantis has done that. And DeSantis just basically did the State of the Union address, not the State of the Nation, the State of the Union address here in, the, in Florida just the other day when they opened up Congress in the House. And he said, you ain't seen nothing yet, the old song. And uh, it kicks off the, 200, the 2023 legislative session. And he goes under, he says, quote, my duty under the Constitution is to inform the legislature concerning the condition of the state and to recommend measures in the public interest, well, as we used to do in the military – Here's the bluff, the bottom line up front. Florida is number one, and working together, we will ensure that Florida remains number one state in these United States, DeSantis said, triggering a massive applause in the room. He briefly touted some of Florida's highlights, including the state's fastest-growing status, which I don't like, by the way, ranking number one for new businesses formations and economic growth amongst all the large states. It also has more people employed today than pre-pandemic while boasting the lower per capita state tax and debt burden amongst all large states. DeSantis said touting Florida's status as being the number one in tourism and experienced another record-breaking number in terms of visitation. Florida, he continues, is also number one in law enforcement, recruitment, and support, while the state's crime rate stands at a 50-year low. Well, thank you, Ron DeSantis, for telling everybody to move to Florida. Yuck. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but he's right. The crime here is virtually non-existent. We don't put up with this nonsense as far as people coming in and robbing us and, you know, and, and ransacking businesses here. We don't put up with any of that stuff because we realize that it's not okay to do that with people, and we don't want people outside you know, getting in trouble for doing it. I remember years ago we had Black Lives Matter. I was in the middle of it over in Lakeland. They were having a big protest, and I was driving you know, on Highway 92 you know, with Sharon, and I was in a pickup truck, and all of a sudden they have a, hundreds of protesters out in the middle of the road. They block Highway 92. They block South Florida Avenue, too, the, the, big, the biggest interchange in Lakeland, and they're just out there roaming around. And the left-hand lane was a turn lane, and they weren't quite in that lane all the way. So it was crawling at like a half a mile an hour. And so we were getting through slowly, hoping we weren't going to get hit by a rock or a, a, get shot. And I remember I called 911. 
And I, they dispatched me to the sheriff's department. And I told the sheriff's department, I said, what are you guys doing? And they said, you know, we thought that was Lakeland's already told us that's been dispatched and disbanded. I said, absolutely not. I'm sitting in the middle of it. And within minutes, the sheriff's department was out there dispatching tear gas to, to the protesters, get them off the streets, They're hitting them with tear gas. And that's Grady Judd, who I absolutely love. He's a good friend. Gosh, I wish he'd be a you know, state attorney general, you know, national attorney general for the United States. I mean, he's, he's amazing. And, and the reality is, is that that's what you do with criminals. You don't put up with criminal behavior. And finally, you know, Ron DeSantis you know, passed that law and said if you get basically pro- protesters block you and that you feel your danger is your life, you could just kind of hit the gas and I guess run over them if you really feel you need to do that to stay alive. But the reality is this. We understand in the state of Florida, I mean, we've got millions and millions of people, by the way, that are carrying weapons. Just thought I'd mention that. And, and so you don't know what's going to happen to you if you try to rob somebody down here, unless you're down there, you know, in the Palm Beach area and Parkland and all the rest of these places where you can basically tell the law enforcement to stand down with Sheriff Israel and not go in while the school's being shot up because I guess a, a special hit team with special weapons has, you know, gone into the back doors and basically, you know, shot some people. Yeah, that's right. How about all that again? But, you know, that guy was immediately fired by DeSantis. Israel was fired by DeSantis when he did, when he, DeSantis came into office for what he had done and what he'd done as far as telling people to stand down. So DeSantis is basically a, an enigma to me. He's super pro-Israel, passed all these laws for Israel, which he shouldn't be passing anything for Israel for another country in the United States or in Florida, give them preferred status because, quite frankly, that's not his place to do that. But then he comes after Disney and says that Disney can't be grooming children, which that is his place to do that, to protect the children. And so he's kind of, a, like I said, he's an enigma. So I don't know what he's done. I don't know what he's going to do with CFR globalists like Trump did. Uh, Trump won't stop you know, picking on DeSantis, calling him desanctimonious all the time, and everybody's tired of Trump. People are now finding Trump boring, and, and it's sad because you know Donald Trump tried when he first got in because he didn't really know what he was doing until he got all his globalist buddies in as far as to fix the United States, and he did a few things that he did right in the beginning, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. You never forget, he brought the whole 5G system to us while the COVID lockdowns were happening. He's the one who put that crap in. Trump did that. He also brought us Operation Warp Speed, which he continues to push the killer vaccine right now. You know, that by itself, it should be enough to make you realize that this is not okay. He pushed red flag gun laws in every all 50 states through his daughter in Congress. Got him pushed here in Florida. That was Donald Trump who did all that. So you guys, don't put your allegiance with that guy. He's not the guy. He's just not that guy. And, and quite frankly, Joe Biden's not running the White House anyhow. In the last two years, Donald Trump wasn't running the White House either. Shoot, you know, he gave Fauci complete control over everything, which he should have never done. That executive order, the emergency declaration that he made. And then we had to deal with that Fauci idiot until this past year. And so all of these things happened under Donald Trump. Don't forget that. By the way, a Christian preacher in UK now in England uh, has basically been reported to the terror police after he called a trans woman a man in woman's clothing. So now he's being reported to the terror police. Uh, wow. He said it's a man in woman's clothing. David McDonald, a Christian preacher, had already been convicted of harassment in a British court of law over the incident last year with a preacher being sentenced to a 12-month community order with 80 hours unpaid work after saying that the transgender individual was, only, was really a gentleman in a, man, in a man in woman's clothing. The Christian man had been preaching at the, same, at the time of the incident with his sermons reportedly resulting in him being abused, assaulted, and even having some of his belongings stolen by passerbys before him being arrested by British law enforcement seemingly over his decision to expose his religious beliefs. Things did not end there. However, with the report by the Daily Mail revealing on Tuesday that the Christian man was reported to the UK's prevent counterterrorism program over his views, which were deemed to be sufficiently radical for them to be contacted. 
According to McDonald's probation office, the man was viewed to be persistently and illegally espousing an extreme point of view with his preaching, prompting the government official to routinely liaison with the counter-terrorist police. The revelation has outraged many Christians in the country, many of whom have already expressed shock over McDonald's conviction for preaching his Christian beliefs. This case represents a disturbing trend in our society in which we are seeing members of the public and professionals being prosecuted and reported as potential terrorists for refusing to celebrate and approve the LGBTQ ideology. I'm going to stop for one second here. The, the Bible clearly teaches that men are born male and female. Uh, this, the, the belief to express that in public should be, should be allowed to be said because the Bible does talk about this, and it's just simple biology. If you got a guy with a beard who's six foot four and he's all muscled up, okay, and he's covered in hair and he's wearing a miniskirt, and he's calling himself Susie. Okay, we can call himself whatever he wants. It, it ain't a chick. It's a guy wearing a miniskirt, you know, with hairy legs and hairy arms, calling himself Susie. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, in my opinion, because you're simply stating a fact. It's sad to me that when you state a fact and you preach a fact, and this is why it's being censored now in Canada and in the U.K. as far as what preachers can and can't say, that you end up being harassed and arrested and put on community service detail for stating the truth of what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can't change a man's sex with his Y chromosome by giving him surgery or pretending like he's a female or putting him on estrogen or giving him breast implants. It's still a guy now who basically has had surgery who has breast implants. It's a man. But, of course, you know, with the passport now and with birth certificates, you can actually get, get the doctor who did the surgery for you to come in and change the status from male to female on the birth certificate and on the passport. We're living in the twilight zone, friends. This is the outer limits. Somebody's taking control of the TV set. Oh, that's right. William Casey already told us that. Everything is a lie. Everything is being flipped upside down, going against God's word to destroy God's creation, which we talked about so many times on the show. That's why we have to stand firm with the Alpha and the Omega. We have to stand firm with the Most High God, the Great I Am, and with Jesus Christ, his son, who came and died for you, to shed his blood for you. We have to stand firm with God Almighty, and we've got to stand firm on our beliefs and our faith. We've got to pray out loud in restaurants, by the way. You're in public when you're praying for your family's meal. Let them know who you are. Let them know that you stand with God Almighty and with Jesus all the days of your life, and he'll stand with you for all of eternity. That you have my commitment and his commitment on. I promise you that's going to happen that way. What do you think, Austin, and what's your next story? What's well said, and that's why you continually see so much of this so-called gaslighting. You see so much of the so-called restriction of misinformation. It was funny last night I was telling Lana, you know, I said it was interesting because, you know, all we've watched now over the last three years is the mainstream media tell us lies while we continue to expose the truth. But then they keep telling us lies all the way from the origin of COVID all the way to the mass to the shots. Everything was a complete total lie. Then they said, oh, well, now if you say anything about COVID, this misinformation, we're going to shadow ban you. You saw California. You know, They tried last year to make it illegal for doctors to disagree. Medical doctors, board licensed. They say anything that goes along the COVID narrative. It was a bill they put in place, guys, a bill, not, not a, you know, uh, oh, well, this is kind of a suggestion. No, a bill. If you say anything that goes along the COVID narrative, you spread any type of misinformation, we completely and totally strip you of your license. Well, what's misinformation? Well, we determine what the misinformation is. Well, can you tell me what I'm not allowed to say? No, no, no. We'll let you know when it's misinformation when you say it, and then we'll strip you of your license. So we'll just determine on the fly what misinformation is based accordingly on what narrative we want to continue to produce. This is what they said. 
That's what they've done now with January 6th. It's funny because I told Lana last night when January 6th happened, I remember on social media, every single post on Instagram and all the ones that I saw that people were sending me, people were sending me Facebook stuff. I don't even have a Facebook. They were sending me Facebook stuff. I saw on Instagram, I saw on Twitter. There were video footage, home video footage, not surveillance footage, video footage of people walking around the Capitol, people taking photos around the Capitol. People going and taking selfies in, people walking around and you know pushing in and walking and doing this. And there, there were a few videos of people doing things like vandalizing or breaking a few windows. There were that. There were some definitely some mishap individuals there that absolutely had no business being there and they need to be charged with vandalism. 100% facts. But then what's interesting was, if you guys remember this, the very next day, there was no videos, nothing. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, every single video that people had posted was pulled down. I mean, 99% of them. And they kept telling everybody, this is a violation of our Facebook policy. You're inciting violence. You're promoting violence. You're showing violent activity. And every single video within a day or two was gone. It was scrubbed. Then people reposted again. Boom, account would get banned. You're promoting violence. You're instigating violence. You're showing violence. Your account is now banned. Boom, boom, boom. They did it repeatedly. I knew four or five people with Big accounts on social media, gone, flatlined. I mean, you can't get back in, locked out. You're locked out. Right after, I mean, January 7th, January 8th, January 9th, January 10th, accounts just disappeared, could not get back in. We have now banned your account permanently on Instagram. You are not allowed to go back in here because you're a violation of violence. They did it because they did not want anybody to see what was really going on. They did not want to see the people actually walking through and crowding in and taking photos and taking selfies and reading stuff on the wall and basically doing a massive, massive group of protesting inside the Capitol building and just wandering around. It was more the great wandering on January 6th more than it was anything. The most of the violent individuals were the ones that were pushing over the gates, and a lot of those from what we found later on, ironically enough, that were arrested suddenly were prosecuted. Oh, yeah, no, they, they dropped all the charges on them. Oh, then we come to find out that the FBI had paid individuals in the crowds doing surveillance and inciting violence. They were paid provocateurs, and suddenly all charges are dropped. They're not prosecuted. No, I'm not prosecuting anything. Not prosecuting anything. He's a confidential informant. We're not prosecuting anything. He's got immunity. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, wait a minute. You blocked all the footage from us being able to see what really happened. You wouldn't release the internal security footage for almost two and a half years now. You told us it was a violent insurrection, yet not one single firearm was gathered on the Capitol premises or inside the premises. Remember that as well. I made that up real clear when it happened. I said, this by far has to be the most pathetic, unsuccessful insurrection if there ever was one considering the fact that not a single person was on the property with a firearm. You explain that type of insurrection. I mean, I would love to hear about it. I mean, we had Antifa throwing firebombs in D.C. just months before that in 2020, flipping cars over and lighting buildings on fire with IEDs and firework bombs. You guys recall, oh, that was mostly peaceful protesting, guys. Come on. You got to understand. It's, it's, it's science. I mean, when you, when you throw bottles of gasoline and blood on fire and you throw fireworks with nails on them at people. It's mostly peaceful, guys. It's science. You can't argue with science, okay? You don't be a science denier. It's mostly peaceful. It was a joke. And that is why we have done what we've done on this show. We spent so much time on this every single day. This is why I've encouraged other people to get the truth out every single day because, quite frankly, 
if we don't do it, my friends, and you don't do it, and other people don't do it, who's going to speak the truth? Who's going to ask the questions? Because clearly, <laughs> clearly, it's not going to be the media. True investigative journalism is gone. Like Dad said the other day, and he made a very valid point because I looked this up again because I wasn't alive during Vietnam. I researched a ton of the history of Vietnam. So it's always a very interesting war to me. Horrific, but interesting. And he's exactly right when he talked about investigative journalism. You had boots on the ground every single day taking photos, documenting, taking notes, copious notes, notepads full of notes about the incursions, about the fights, about the engagements, about the number of individuals, all kinds of crazy stuff. And photo documentation everywhere. I mean, you got video footage of when the Marines were going in. I mean, there's a ton of documentation with Vietnam. Yet, I can't seem to find any legitimate footage except for a few clips here and there on, you know, a European site of, you know, somebody setting off an RPG or shooting AK-47 out of a foxhole in Ukraine. And Dad made a valid point a minute ago. He said, where's where's the Russian force? Why is there no footage of any true engagement over there? I mean, we've seen the video footage from World War II. I mean, we've seen the videos. I mean, that... The level of fighting and violence in World War II was unsurpassed. The amount of armament that descended upon Europe was insane in that war. We saw the videos. What, 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 what's going on in Ukraine? I mean, it's such a battled, war-torn country that the president of the United States allegedly, allegedly takes a secret train mission with a small security team. And it's walking around the capital that allegedly had just gotten shelled the day before with air raid sirens going off in a perfectly clean, pristine city. Just walking around. No, I mean, didn't, he didn't have four or 5,000 military individuals there. He didn't have U.S. Army come in and have a whole brigade. He had a couple like GSR guys and a couple of Secret Service guys come in with him. What's the real story? And it's starting to become – the more I hear about it and the more few videos I see, the more it appears that there's this conflict at the border, so to speak. And could it be possibly – and I'm just throwing this out there. Could it be possibly that all we're watching is another different theater sideshow of COVID? Not, I'm not talking about the virus, but I'm talking another theater sideshow, just an intermission They're simply having another boogeyman. They're having another incident. They're having another engagement for everybody to watch. And they're continually racking up all this theater while they're laundering money. Because like Dad said, I haven't seen any significant footage over there, real true footage. He's like I said, you see some stuff here and there, some gunfighting, some rubbled cities, some firebomb cities and here and there. But not to the extent that we've sent them $120 billion in aid and that France is sending them fighter jets and that Poland and every European country, including Germany, is sending them enormous amounts of surface air missiles and all types of military weaponry, wouldn't you think if they were trying to really, really garner the support of the American population, they would be playing 24-7 war footage like World War II-style war footage of invasions of Russia and tanks, thousands as far as you could see? As far as the eye could see of troops, hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of troops descending upon Ukraine with aerial footage and drone footage. It's not like we don't have the technology anymore, guys. We have the most advanced technology in the world with satellite weapons, with satellite surveillance, with drone surveillance, with video surveillance. Hmm. It's funny. I don't see any of that footage anywhere. See some trench warfare here and there. 
Just thought I'd throw that out there. You guys make your own decision on that one. Let that one bounce around in your head for a little bit. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. J.P. Morgan, uh, the lawsuit against J.P. Morgan of, uh, from the U.S. Virgin Islands, the attorney general's a lawsuit to them against J.P. Morgan Chase, the largest bank in the United States, being accused of funding Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile sex operation. Uh, CEO Jamie Dimon is now being deposed to testify under oath, except his lawyers are trying to prevent him from being able to post whatsoever. They go on to say here the complaint makes devastating and detailed charges. It states in the lawsuit that the bank sat on a pile of evidence that Jeffrey Epstein was running child sex trafficking and continued to keep him as a client, accept his lucrative referrals of wealthy clients, and provide him with large sums of cash and wire transfers to pay off victims, one of whom was a 14-year-old sex slave. Attorneys for the bank are now resisting allowing Chairman and CEO Jamie Dimon from being deposed under oath in the matter as to what he knew and when he knew it. Now, again, you got to remember, J.P. Morgan – they're right up there with BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. That's why you say JP, JP Morgan and one of the top shareholders in a lot of different companies. These guys are deep involved in it. They're right in the middle of it. They don't want any of this stuff coming out. Jeffrey Epstein was just another useful idiot that they made very wealthy because he was very good at procuring child sex trafficking. I'm just going to put it out there. That's what he was doing. And they do not want this information getting released on what he was involved in. They do not want people knowing what he, who, who he knew, who he talked to. And I mean, this is a pretty serious allegation from the U.S. Virgin Islands. And it appears odd to me that the U.S. Virgin Islands would go about such an aggressive lawsuit against J.P. Morgan if there wasn't at least something factual about this. And considering what we know with Epstein and what he did and the sweetheart deal he got with the FBI and the DOJ back in Florida and got house arrest for a year and all the other nonsense that he was involved in. Very strange but very telling to say the least. Also, too, this is interesting. I always, always encourage people, you know, be aware, be alert, be vigilant when you're out in public, especially when you're traveling. There's a video that occurred uh, that shows basically a passenger – uh, Francisco Severe Torres threatening to take over an aircraft while brandishing a sharp object on a flight out of Los Angeles Monday, according to the Justice Department. He got up and started screaming and basically said he was taking over the plane and that everybody was going to die and that they were where, where, why are they diverting us? And uh, he got up, had a broken off spoon, ended up stabbing a flight attendant three times in the neck while multiple guys that were on the plane and other staff jumped on him and basically took him down. And he got beat up pretty good for good riddance. You can't run around stabbing people in the neck with broken spoons. So you think that's, you know, that's kind of not needing to be said, but clearly this deal, this guy was either very mentally disturbed or on some type of illicit narcotics. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But again, this is why I've always encouraged people, if you see something and you're on a public situation, you see somebody acting extremely unruly, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to take, take direct engagement action immediately. But assess the situation and watch what's happening around you. Always keep an eye of watching things that are going on. Most people, after they even knew anything about 9-11, if they are at least moderately awake, nobody's going to be a victim voluntarily. The whole story that you know these guys took over these massive planes with a couple box cutters that nobody on the plane was willing to fight them. Either you had a plane full of a whole lot of betas or it was a lie. Take it as that. Because I can tell you right now, and Dad will tell you the same thing, and everybody I know that I hang around, it doesn't matter where I'm at. 
and I know this from my crew that I ride around with and I hang out with, I get in a confrontation. I don't even have to look around for them. They will already be there right beside me. They're not going to come up and ask me what's going on. If they see something to occur, if they see something start to happen, if they see somebody swing and I get an engagement, everybody is getting engaged directly immediately with everybody I know. And that's how you have to make sure that people that are around you, your friends, your family, they know what to do. They have to be assets. They can't turn into liabilities in a fight. And I'm not even talking about just a gunfight. I'm talking about just a direct confrontation. You can't have them, oh, man, well, I didn't, know. I didn't want to get in trouble, man. I didn't want to back you up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude, we got a problem. Where's it at right now? That's how it has to be. So you got, if you're on a plane, you see somebody start breaking out knives, box cutters, broken spoons. They start threatening to kill everybody. Handle the situation accordingly. Every situation is different. I'm not advocating violence. What I am advocating is defense and protection of anyone and everyone around a situation that may be possibly hurt by an individual that causes or wants to do them great bodily harm. But I saw this, and I was glad to see at least there were some people on this plane that were willing to stand up for what they believed and stand up to defend everyone on the plane and not let some goons start trying to open up the exit door with a broken spoon right. and stab people in the neck. What do you think, Dad? Well, well I've told the story before. I'll tell it again. It was last year. I think it was back in May. You know, we were uh, Sharon and I were at the Victoria's Secret store in the Millennium Mall, and they had an active shooter in the mall who was actually, who was actually killed in the parking lot by the police. And, uh, you know, and everybody was told to go hide in the back of Victoria's Secret and huddle in the corner. And I guess you urinate on yourself, I guess, is what they were implying. But I didn't do that. I stood behind a counter by the front door and uh, never never brandished a weapon, but just stood there. And uh, I knew that nobody was coming in there and going to mess with my wife or anybody else in that store. And they came up there and they demanded that I go hide in the back. And I told them no. And they came in and they closed the doors, big eight-foot glass doors. And I told them, I said, now all you guys have done is basically obscured my vision because if he breaks the glass with a bullet, I'm going to have to deal with spiderwebs that doesn't collapse. And I said, now you've messed up my – and they kept saying, telling me to move, to move, to move, to move. And I said, tell them to leave me alone. I'm fine. I've been trained for this. That's it. And I stood there, you know, prepared to defend my wife and my family and, you know, anybody else that was in there. I mean, I, that's what I was there for. And that's what alpha men are supposed to do. We provide for our families. We defend our families. We take care of our families. We do that. And I guess that's a lost art nowadays that people don't really think about it anymore. But that's Austin's exactly right. You can't hesitate in some situations like that. And I wasn't going to go run in the back and urinate on myself. Now, I will admit, at the age of, I guess I was 66 then, you know, we, had a, we stayed in a hotel the night because we were flying out for, to go to St. Louis to a medical thing for Sharon the next day. And what was interesting was, my adrenals were so high that night, I had a very difficult time sleeping. I probably got you know two hours of sleep. It was, I mean, with a bunch of melatonin, because of my adrenaline had kicked in so hard, uh, you know, because I was prepared. My eyesight was clear. My mind was clear. Everything was clear, and I knew that I had to do what I had to do to protect my wife. See, that's what Austin's talking about. But the reality is, I've been trained to do that. We've done live target training for years. I mean, firing under cars, firing through cars, firing. I mean, we do all that stuff. And so I'm prepared to handle myself in a situation like that. If you're not prepared to handle yourself like that, you need to get training because what you don't want to do is shoot somebody that's not doing anything wrong or, or basically get yourself shot or shoot yourself in the foot. Be careful with guns and don't brandish a weapon if you don't know how to use it and don't muzzle sweep anybody ever. Just a quick heads up like that. I got to stop or I'll start preaching about that. By the way, the Fed chair Powell is now saying that interest rates are likely to be higher than previously anticipated. That's nice. Federal Reserve Powell said on, third, on Tuesday, on yesterday, the caution to interest rates are likely to become much higher than central bank policymakers had expected. In the total, it's a totality theory. The totality of the data were indicated that the fastest. Slow it down, Ted. 
If the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we would be prepared to increase the pace of rake heights, the central bank leader said in prepared remarks of the appearance on Capitol Hill. This to me is an, is an abomination. It's an abomination. We gave these guys the right to control our entire economy over 100 years ago. And all they've done is put us into unbelievable debt, this Federal Reserve Bank. And they control everything. They control the booms, the busts. They control all of it. Instead of just having a stable currency, they constantly do this stuff, and I can't stand it. Now we're about to have a massive, massive, massive wave of evictions in the United States because all of these stimulus checks have stopped, and people basically can't pay the bills anymore because they're, they're out of money. They're, they don't know what to do because they're having to deal with increased more and more and more amounts of rent going out. You know, Huge amounts of people's money now are, are, are being spent on rent. And the sad part about it is, is that these rent prices are not going down. They're continuing to go up. And the wave of evictions is going to get worse and worse and worse, especially with the inflation where you're paying five, six dollars now, eight dollars for you know some, some organic eggs. This is ludicrous. A devastating number of evictions about to hit the United States. It's more a reflection of the dire housing crisis the country is facing, but proof that we're in a rigged system that doesn't allow us to build equity through home ownership and continues to force us into renting properties that are getting increasingly more expensive and precarious at the same time. Right now, distortions are getting so extreme in the rental market that evictions in middle-class suburbs are rising faster than in lower and upper-income neighborhoods. Our middle class is being hollowed out, and the poverty levels are on a rise again. Today, virtually everyone in the country is cost-burdened by rent, and experts are warning that housing insecurity will be the future of the vast majority of the U.S. population. As affluent investors, this is BlackRock State Street of Vanguard, control 40 percent right now of single-family rental homes and hike rent prices to astronomical highs. When you control 40% of the rent, the houses out there, people have to rent. So you can jack the price up as much as you can, as much as you want, because the market's going to bear it because people have to live somewhere. And this is what these greedy people do. This is what Jesus said. The love of money is the root of all evil. I know over there in Anna Maria Beach, Anna Maria Island, over the, off the coast of Bradenton, you know, there's an investor. He's coming in through these big investment houses, buying up all the houses, all the houses, all the houses, all the houses, rebuilding new houses. And they're all turning into, you know, rental income houses because he's going to own them all. Remember what Klaus Schwab said? By 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is that. This is what they're doing to us right now. They're buying up everything so that people have to pay more and more rent. And like I told you earlier, the entire housing facility behind in front of us, with these many warehouses, we've talked about this dozens of times. It must be owned by these major investment houses because these people are qualifying for loans they can't afford with jobs they don't have, with languages they don't even speak English. It's crazy. You guys, you guys remember something, guys. It's Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. And through him, all things are held together, everything, all of it, the entire universe. That's why when he was crucified on the cross and he died, the entire earth started to shake and earthquakes were everywhere. And believe, I believe that if God Almighty himself had stepped in, the, God the Father – the entire planet would have come apart. Yeah, that's how powerful that we have. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Always remember that. I love you guys. Awesome. Finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, you're spot on. I mean, we, that's why I've encouraged people over the last couple of years. <laughs> when I told you guys what was going on with the housing market and the vehicle market and everything that's starting to occur is exactly what we said, where they were massively increasing the prices. Hyperinflation was essentially almost occurring, not quite hyper, but it was going up rapid. 
I mean, there were houses down here in Florida that, I mean, people were selling them, and every single month they were bumping them up, you know, another forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in the same area. People were listing stuff, and they'd have thirty, forty, fifty people bidding on it in one weekend, and it was the fear of missing out context. And I've always warned people about that because it's a very thing to get, it's very easy thing to get wrapped up in in money markets. Is that people start seeing everybody else jump on stuff and everybody make money and everything going up and everybody gets spooked. So I got to jump in right now. See, I don't want to miss out. And a lot of people did that. And now a lot of people are in an extremely tight situation because they're in houses that, you know, they paid four, five, six hundred thousand dollars for down here in Florida. Now they're down to about, you know, three fifty, four hundred, four fifty, depending on where they are. And now trying to sell it and get out of the house, it's impossible. Seven, eight, nine percent mortgage rates, you're not gonna get out of the house. Nobody wants to buy anything when you're dealing with almost 10% mortgages. The other day I talked to somebody, and they said one of the average car notes, if you have an average credit, like 600 Beacon score, it's like 12.5% right now. That's what the banks are lending out with the average credit. That's why you've seen the car market, especially the cars that are very mass-produced, like Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas and stuff that are great, reliable, super-efficient cars, but they never – they never constituted a forty, fifty thousand dollar price tag for a base model. Yet you had morons that were paying that much for it. And now you're seeing repossessions on all these cars because people are going in to sell them or trying to get out of them or trying to replace them and suddenly they're twenty thousand dollars upside down. Same things happen in houses now. So be very cautious this coming here about really putting large amounts of money into stuff unless you know you're getting into something you're very, very confident on. That's just my opinion on it. Keep up the faith, my friend. Keep up the truth. Be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com, the product of the week, the vitamin C with antioxidants. And also be sure to check out the GHI cleanse on sale right now on the front page of the website, healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Thank you again for your continued support, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.